0: Well, a day after the federal government released a new budget with more than $50 billion in spending, leaders were out today selling the plan to the public as they want wont to do on a Friday before a week into a holiday. So they won't be sitting, I don't imagine, next week. So they're off selling this budget plan. It includes $10 billion to help ease the housing crisis, including to speed up construction, then a two-year ban on foreign investors buying homes. Here's Finance Minister Christia Freeland.
1: At a time when our chief economic problem is that there is too much demand chasing too little supply, this set of people-centred policies provides exactly what Canada needs right
0: now finance minister christia freeland affordability and inflation are clearly one of the main challenges this government faces going forward and the budget certainly reflects a concern on the government's behalf that these issues matter to us the voters Consumer prices alone, as we well know, because we talk about it all the time on this show, are growing at a pace not seen in 30 years. And while there is a lot of talk about inflation these days, my next guest says we're not talking enough about one of the potential causes of the price hikes we're seeing from the grocery store to the gas station, and that's corporate profit-driven. Two new reports released this week suggest that a substantial portion of the inflation Canadian consumers are experiencing today are attributable to companies boosting their prices well beyond the rate at which they are paying for their supplies. My next guest wrote one of those reports. Joining, joining me from Peterborough is DT Cochran. He's an economist with the Canadians for Tax Fairness, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that advocates for fair and progressive tax policies. He's also the author of The Rise of Corporate Profits in the Time of COVID. DT Cochran, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. We've been talking a lot about rising prices these days. Obviously, it's on everyone's mind. You put forth that we haven't been talking enough about rising corporate profits. And what's the relation between those two things?
1: Well, there's this idea out there that prices are set by competitive markets, that this is the balancing of supply and demand. And for the most part, that simply isn't true. Prices are set by the people who put the prices on things, and for the most part, that's corporations. And it appears that in the tumult of our current economy, as we, you know, slowly recover from the pandemic, the corporations have, have taken advantage to substantially boost their profit margins by hiking the prices that consumers face uh, when they go and buy their groceries.
0: Uh, how much well, I suppose I should ask, how did you figure that out?
1: This is an idea that exists within uh, within economics sort of at the fringes, the mainstream idea is that inflation is the result of too many dollars chasing too few goods. But thankfully, there has been a dedicated core of economists who have said, no, there's a much simpler explanation for inflation, it's that the people who control prices increase those prices. We were looking at corporate profits, looking to see who has done particularly well during the pandemic. And I ran some numbers and saw that in 2021, corporate profit margins made a
0: huge
1: jump. And given the current discourse and concerns, understandable concerns about inflation, this just seemed like an obvious explanation for what is going on. An obvious, simple explanation. Corporations are making making huge profits because they're increasing the markup over their own costs. And ultimately, the people who bear all of those costs are everyday Canadians.
0: We have seen, of course, the idea that costs are going up for for organizations, that a lot of what we're seeing in terms of rising prices or shrinking products, shrinkflation as we call it, uh, is due to these rising costs that companies are having to bear. So they're being passed on to the consumer. You found that that the situation was a little more complicated than that.
1: Uh, in some ways it's even simpler than that that corporate sales have increased and their costs actually haven't increased that much while their profits have increased substantially. So we know that corporations have been facing some increasing prices themselves. so that suggests that the the actual quantity of inputs is, falling. And this could be what you're referring to, this shrinkflation. And unless they have had some stupendous uh, improvements in productivity for which there is zero evidence, then this massive jump in profits almost certainly has to be because they've been hiking prices. And when you combine that with the rising CPI, the circle seems to be complete corporations, increasing prices gives them higher profit margins, and you and, you and I see higher sticker prices uh, when we go out and buy our necessities.
0: Yeah, Certainly, the consumer price index is up higher than it has been in now, or at least jumping faster than it has in decades. And I think we're all seeing uh, the impacts of that. How much did you, How much profit are they making? the
1: specific numbers I'm not the guy who has those coming right oh. out of my head I could tell you the profit margin they've all so the average profit margin uh, over the last 20 years has run close to 9% and uh, in 2021 they achieved a profit margin of almost 16%. So coming pretty close to doubling their usual profit margin. That's a massive, massive jump. We visualize this. If you see the graph, you can see the huge spike upward uh, in profit margins of Canadian corporations in 2021. And given how so many of us are still facing economic difficulties, it's just especially galling that the corporations have managed to pad their bottom line so substantially.
0: You're, I mean, I, I can hear a, a young child in the background. You're obviously a family. You have a family. How has it impacted you? Where have you seen these, these big jumps? And, and after doing this research, how did you sort of reassess what you were looking at when you were out there spending money?
1: Just going to the grocery store. I'm I'm lucky enough to be solidly middle class, and I think for many of us, we just take for granted that groceries are more or less affordable, uh, and we can treat ourselves and, you know, eat fairly well. And you go and you just start seeing, oh, that's higher than usual. Did I buy something unusual? oh, it's gone up even more. And so you just have to start taking notice. And I think it's that moment of having to take notice that people really start feeling this this squeeze and start looking, well, where are the prices rising? Where do I have to start making some, some difficult choices? And unfortunately, the narrative that they're being fed about where that inflation is coming from is totally misguided and could lead to some really bad policy choices.
0: Yeah, I mean, when, when, when the story is that there's too much money, mostly because the government printed too much money uh, out there, and therefore prices are going up because, of course, prices are going up, people are willing to pay more for them, uh, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, what, is the, what can be the impact of that long term?
1: When, when the government spends its money, that becomes someone's income. And then that person spends their income. And that becomes someone else's income. So this money ends up spreading throughout the economy. Now,
0: inevitably, it trickles up. When you look at, the, at this analysis that you did, it's obviously no economic analysis is foolproof. But is there any room for this being part of the story as opposed to the whole story?
1: Sure. This is, this is part of the story. We want to get this as part of the discussion. There have definitely been supply chain issues. Um, there have been uh, backlogs at ports. Uh, the situation in the Ukraine is definitely having effects. We're not denying that any of that is at play. What we want is for more directed specific analysis to identify Okay, which prices are rising and why are they rising? And what can we do about it? We don't think that simplistic solutions like raising interest rates are the way to go. Raising interest rates are not going to solve supply chain issues. Raising interest rates aren't going to reduce corporate markups. We need to know where exactly the inflation is coming from if we're going to respond in an appropriate and a just manner.
0: I'm speaking with DT Cochrane. He's an economist with Canadians for Tax Fairness, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that advocates for fair and progressive tax policies. We're talking about what role corporate profits are having, price increases uh, leading to corporate profits are having in inflation in the prices that we're now paying when we go to buy stuff. And we've all certainly seen increases and trying to figure out exactly who could be responsible for those increases. And uh, DT Cochrane's done research showing that corporate profits have certainly played a role uh, in those rising prices. When we come back, uh, there were some expectations from your organization uh, in yester- for yesterday's federal budget about how to address or at least recognize this issue. Uh, we'll see if, uh, if they saw what they liked or liked what they saw after this. I'm back with DT Cochran, an economist with Canadians for Tax Fairness, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that advocates for fair, and progressive tax policies. We're talking about inflation, about the rising cost of just about everything, and what could be at the root of it. And of course, according to uh, to some research that DT Cochran has done, corporate profits, rising prices by by corporations, uh, is playing an important role here. It's not just more money floating around or more supply and demand. It is literally Companies raising the prices of stuff that we buy every day, and then reaping the profits of it. Um, you were hoping to see. You had some 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 prescriptive uh, comments made earlier this week about what you hope to see in the federal budget. How much of it did you see? Uh,
1: very little. There were meager measures uh, taking us in the right direction, but it's just simply too little for the issues that we face and. The pandemic could have taught the government some important lessons about the necessity of public institutions. When the pandemic happened, no one said, oh, well, let's let the market sort it out. We knew that the government had to step into the breach and make sure that people ability to live was maintained, and it it offered an unprecedented level of financial support. And the situation on the ground has changed. And so we understand that the the government-specific policies can change. But we have other crises going on, not least of which is a climate crisis. The IPCC's latest report is as dire as it has ever been. We need Public institutions to leave. And that is going to require substantial investment. And what we saw with the spending for the pandemic was that the money ends up trickling up and benefiting those at the top of our economic hierarchy. That's where taxes come in to make sure that the government can continue to fund the programs that are necessary. So the Surtax on the banks, for example, we're happy to see some uh, increase in the corporate income tax, but there's no reason it should be limited to banks and life insurance companies. There's no reason it should be limited to uh, profits over 1 billion in the case of the 15% uh, one time tax increase. There's no reason it should be limited to 100 million for the ongoing 1.5% tax increase. For this subset of a subset of our economy, uh, that extra 1.5% takes their corporate income tax rate to 16.5%, which is still incredibly low when you look at things historically. So there's so much more that the government needs to do spending-wise, so much more that it can do revenue-wise, and we didn't see those
0: things. Instead, we saw what what has been called quite widely a fairly modest budget. The government's obviously under a lot of pressure to rein in the very kind of spending that you're talking about, or at least the very kind of tax increases that we're talking about in the name of productivity, in the name of you know competitive corporate tax rates. Uh, how does how do you square those things?
1: The the concerns about capital flight, it's called, uh, have always been overblown. Uh, the research shows that tax rates are ultimately a fairly um, minor concern for corporations. There are other things that determine where they make productive investment. And in the case of Canada, obviously, our natural resources are an important uh, determinant in the investment that comes here, uh, as well as the resources of our own, of our skilled labor. Um, Those are much more important. And a lot of the things that make Canada a, a valuable place to invest are things provided by our public institutions, for example, um, secure, reliable infrastructure. How are we making sure that our infrastructure will continue to function properly as climate change driven disasters put increased pressure on them? We saw this with the flooding in BC, uh, the washout of highways. How can we ensure quick recovery, or that that infrastructure won't be lost at all. Those are the types of things that ultimately matter if you want to provide businesses with greater certainty to to be able to make the investments in this country. Tax rates are not super high on that list. Secondly, what are we talking about when we talk about capital flight? If a company decides to pull out of Canada, say, for example, when GM shut down its production plant in Oshawa, well, the plant is still there. All the workers with their skills are still there. Canada's natural resources don't leave with companies when they pull out. So if the private sector is not making the investments that we need, again, we need our public institutions to make the investments. The labor's there, the resources there, there are things to be done. Let's do it.
0: All that aside, all the studying aside, has it surprised you at all that within the talk about inflation, within the talk about the affordability crisis, that a lot of the anger has in fact been pointed at government?
1: It's not surprising because the narrative that inflation is government's fault, that inflation is driven by excessive government spending, that has just been hammered at us for decades. And it just gets parroted by people who don't know Any better. And why should they? We have not had a platform to offer this alternative perspective. Mainstream economists who like to um, claim that markets are or could be or should be competitive have absolutely ruled the roost. Thankfully, one of the things that has come out of the pandemic is that more economic ideas are being heard. It's clear that mainstream economists don't have uh, uh, hegemony over how the economy actually works. And in fact, often the claims they make about how the economy works seem totally at odds with what's actually going on. So thankfully, more voices are being heard. And the idea that corporations increasing prices, as simple as that idea is, as obvious as it seems once you hear it, is now being put out there. So hopefully more people will start to question the dominant narrative.
0: DT Cochran, thank you so much for your perspective tonight.
1: Thank you for having me.